Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, I'm Danny Picard filling in on the Planet Mikey show tonight. Hit 10 o'clock. Get back to your phone calls in just a bit. 617-779-7937. 617-779-7937. As you know, as we've been talking about, the NBA trade deadline is going to be Thursday at 3 o'clock Eastern time. And to talk more about this, I bring in A. Sherrod Blakely, Celtics insider, for Comcast, Sportsnet, New England. You can read them at csne.com. Sherrod, good evening. How are you doing tonight? I'm wonderful. How are you doing, Dan? I'm, you do- I'm doing good. Listen, you know, we're talking about all these players and all these rumors, um, and, and the one name the last couple days that is, at least has been linked to an actual specific trade, uh, potentially with the Celtics, is Kevin Love and that three-way trade that we heard about late last week, Friday night, with the Cavaliers and the Knicks, with Melo going to Cleveland, Love coming to the Celtics, and and who knows what was going to the Knicks. I would assume an awful lot and, and a lot of picks and, and young players going their way. Um, but I did read from you, I think, yesterday, in which you said that, you know, if, if, the, if the third team is not involved like the Knicks, Love would never come to the Celtics. You standing by that? You hearing anything different on, on the Kevin Love front at this moment? Well, yeah, I mean, and even that is, is a stretch in itself. You know, Kevin Love is a guy that obviously Danny Ainge and the Boston Celtics like a lot, and he obviously has, a, has an attachment with the city, having visited here and really seems to enjoy himself. But right now, I, I just don't see a pathway that a deal is going to get done, and mainly because Cleveland doesn't at this point want to move him. You look at their team and how they're built. You know, they have all the pieces right now to once again contend for a title. And for them to move him, I just don't think they're going to get something that's going to give them a, a greater sense that they will be able to move on and, and take that next step, which for them would be to win a title. Yeah, and when I first heard about this Kevin Love stuff on, on Friday night, and look, it's actually it's not the first time we've heard Kevin Love linked to the Celtics, or at least the Celtics wanting him. The first question I asked Friday night was, you know, why does Cleveland want to move him? And some people try to tell me, well, uh, he doesn't fit in in Cleveland the way they're using him and, and w- what his skill set is. It just doesn't work. Here's, here's the thing about Kevin Love, though. On a bad season, which is what, statistically speaking, he's having now, he's getting used 16 and 11. That tells you how good he is yeah. and how when you're talking about a, a team that can, can really make some noise in the playoffs, you want to have guys like that. And I think people forget the fact that he wasn't around when they got beat by Golden State. Now, I'm not going to sit up here and say that Kevin Love would have been the difference, but to have a guy that can get you a double-double the way he can, the way he can stretch the floor, to not have him in the most important playoff series of your franchise's you know, just existence, it's a huge blow. Uh, so I, I just I don't see a scenario that would allow Cleveland to feel comfortable moving him unless he went to them and said, I want out, which from, my, from what I'm being told, that has not been the case. All right, because yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, again, I don't understand why Cleveland would move him, and I'm not saying that the Cavaliers would have won the championship, you know, if they had him, but, but let's be honest. I mean, the Cavs still won two games without, 
without Irving and without Love. And if right. you're Cleveland and you're trying to maybe envision an NBA Finals this year, which I think is realistic for you to do, I mean, I just feel like they could use Kevin Love's shooting ability against the Golden State if they're, if they're going to try to win a shootout against the Warriors. So I just don't understand why why Cleveland would move him. So when we hear rumors like this, Love uh, possibly getting moved, I, I mean, what, you think that was the Celtics trying to get Love or, or the Cavaliers, are they actively maybe shopping Love? Like, like, what is the actual situation? Who is starting these conversations which lead to us hearing about Love possibly being moved? Well, I think you know, at this time of year, every team is talking to every team about it any and all possible scenarios. So if, in fact, they had a conversation, inevitably Kevin Love's name would have come up, even if necess- you know, the, the nature of the conversation may have been on a different player. But at the end of the day, I, I always go back to what's in it for each team. Uh, and, and to me, that's where you can start separating things of substance from things that are just flat-out silly. Uh, there, there's no incentive for Cleveland to do a straight one-on-one deal with the Boston Celtics involving Kevin Love. Now, if you were to add a third team and you said, let's say a guy like Carmelo Anthony, that would at least be something where you could theoretically see it being discussed. But with Carmelo in that no-trade clause and Carmelo coming out pretty strongly saying that he was not going to waive that no-trade clause, it, it becomes a moot point. And, and you know, let's, let's not forget the whole point of trading for Kevin Love while having Kyrie Irving and LeBron James in the fold was to see how far that trio could take your franchise into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They have not had that opportunity because of Kevin Love's injury last season. I can't see them blowing that up or trying to tear that apart before they've actually had a chance to see it through its, its, its full process for one playoff run. And, uh, you know, when I look at now what could happen between – Today and Thursday, the NBA trade deadline Thursday at 3. Speaking with A. Sherrod Blakely from Comcast Sportsnet New England. Uh, Sherrod, what's realistic right now for the Celtics? I mean, what, what type of move is realistic? Is it this big superstar trade in which they, they go out and they, they get an Al Horford or people are talking about Blake Griffin, we just talked about love, or is it just maybe a, a simple move of uh, dumping David Lee and his expiring contract? I, I mean, is, is it one or the other? What is realistic right now for the Celtics between now and Thursday? Well, at this point, and, and I'm not going to say between now and Thursday because the one thing I found with the trade deadline is things can turn pretty quickly as you get closer and closer to that. But right now, realistically, find a home for David Lee or you know buy him out before March 1st so that he can join a team for a playoff. And that's very realistic. Uh, but beyond that, it's difficult for Boston to make a deal that's not a blockbuster deal that can help improve where they are. Because remember, they have the third-best record in the Eastern Conference. Mm. And the more you watch them play, it's, it's clear that there's a level that this team has yet to reach as a group. And until you, you get a sense that they're at that level and they're just not able to go any further, then you might want to tweak some things. But this team still has a lot of room to grow. Uh, I think people lose sight of the fact that Boston went into the season as the fifth youngest team in the NBA. There aren't a lot of teams that young that can be in the position they are currently in, which is near the top of the Eastern Conference standings. I think Danny is going to have a difficult time finding a deal that's going to make this team appreciably better because his young talent has really, as a group, have really played well enough to where they're one of the better teams in the East. And chemistry is such a, a, a delicate balancing act throughout this league, and the Celtics have great chemistry right now. You, you have to be very cautious about tinkering with that too much if you're Danny Ainge. Is it just the chemistry thing, though, or is it the fact that maybe he's hesitant to move that Brooklyn pick for this year? Because I've said it many times that if I'm a GM around the NBA and I'm going to deal with the Celtics and I'm going to give them a, a superstar player, I know what they have, 
and they have that Brooklyn pick, which is going to be a, a possibly a top three pick in this year's draft. And if I know they have that and they really want to make this type of move, then I'm going to demand that pick from them. I mean, if the Celtics don't go out between now and Thursday and go get the all-star player, will it be because the Celtics won't want to pot ways with that Brooklyn pick? No, no. The, the reason, if they don't get that guy, it'll be because that team did not make that player that superstar player available. If you are a top five, top ten talent consensus in the NBA and you want that, that pick from Boston, Danny Ainge will give you that pick. But you're talking about a very select group of players, guys that for the most part aren't made available because they're that good. And, I, and that's really the, the challenge is finding a team that's willing to part ways with one of the upper echelon players in this league and would want that pick in return. And I think a deal could be done if, in fact, they could find a partner willing to part with a player of, of that magnitude. But right now, the, you look at those guys, you're talking about you know, the LeBron James, the Paul Georges, the you know, James Harden, those type of players. Teams are very reluctant to pass those guys on elsewhere because acquiring them is not easy unless you, unless you draft them and they develop into those type of players. I'm glad you mentioned James Harden because there's been a conversation about Houston moving Dwight Howard, and obviously you're not giving up the Brooklyn pick for Dwight Howard. And, Sherrod, I, I don't want Dwight Howard anywhere near the Celtics team. I don't care if you only had to give up two D-League players for him. I wouldn't do it. I, I, you talk about chemistry. That's not the guy I, I want to see in a Celtics uniform under any circumstances. But, but let's say Houston, I mean, could they think of moving J- a James Harden between now and Thursday, or is that unrealistic? I, I, everything I've been told up to this point, that's just not going to happen. And, and, and the main reason why, when you look at teams that are looking to move players of that magnitude, usually you look down their roster and there's an obvious air appearance to kind of fill that void. And Houston doesn't have that. James Harden is hands down the best player on that team, and they don't have anything remotely close to bringing it the way he can on a night-in, night-out basis. The only way you move a guy like that is if you're getting a similar player of, of impact in return. And Boston doesn't have anything like that on their roster. So once again, we're back to the whole scenario where you have to have a third team involved in order to get something done of great magnitude if you're the Boston Celtics. And I just told you how I feel about Dwight Howard. Uh, do you think the Celtics feel the same way? or, or Because we, we've heard the rumors, we've heard the reports that even the Celtics, we've heard that the Celtics are not going down that road. But, um, you know, we're at the stage where who knows really what to believe at this point. But what are you hearing on that? Are the Celtics involved in a Dwight Howard deal or are they, or are they not? No, they're, they're not looking to do anything specifically with Dwight Howard other than to potentially be a third team mm. in, a, in, a, in a multi-team deal that would get Howard to where he wants to go and get them a player that they would prefer to have on their roster. Like if, if Dwight Howard is, is moved to Atlanta, that would in all likelihood involve at least one or two other teams involved. So if you're talking about a three or four team deal, you know, if you're the Celtics, you'd like to be in on that and wind up with a guy like Al Horford, for example, at the end of the day. Those are the type of opportunities that the Boston Celtics are well positioned to just jump on and capitalize on because Again, it goes back to all those draft picks, all those assets, and the fact that they have young players who are showing potential to be really good players. You know, as much as Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen were, were so instrumental in, in that title, it, 
also benefited Boston by Al Jefferson's development while he was here. Had he not developed the way he did, that deal would have never come about. You look at the Celtics as they try to position themselves to inch closer and closer towards being a contender for Banner 18. Some of these young guys, the Kelly Olenek, the Jared Sellingers of the world, they may potentially have to be moved in order to get you know that, that superstar proven talent in Boston before they can – can really take that next step and, and surpass a team like Cleveland and be in the conversation with the Golden States and the San Antonios of the world. What about an Al Horford? Is I mean, would you have to give up the Brooklyn pick to get him? I, I, I got to believe that, that you would. And, and that, makes me a, that makes me a little bit hesitant just because uh, Al's a really good player. And I, I certainly, uh, from a talent standpoint, he, he, he's a guy that's worth it. But you don't know whether or not you're going to be able to keep him long-term just because of his contract situation. That's among the reasons why Atlanta is open to the idea of moving him so that if he were to leave, they could potentially get some assets of some sort in return. Uh, But Al, again, very talented player, but for the Brooklyn pick, at least at this point, I don't believe the Celtics are willing to give that up. If it, if it would, that would be the, you know, the, the deal-breaker in getting a guy like Al Horford. Yeah, I wouldn't give up the Brooklyn pick for Al Horford either. I mean, I like him. I think he'd help the Celtics, but I wouldn't give up the Brooklyn pick for, for him. I also, another name is Blake Griffin, who we're hearing reports of maybe they're trying to deal him to the Nuggets, uh, but but then, you know, the clip is asking for a little bit too much in return, I guess you could say, or at least that's the report. Um, I wouldn't give up the Brooklyn pick for Blake Griffin either. I mean, I, I you know, that's not to sit here and knock Blake Griffin too much, but... I still wouldn't give up the Brooklyn pick for that. I mean, is is that type of move a realistic one with his name being out there? No, I, from what I'm, I'm being told about Blake Griffin, he's not going anywhere, um, and that that's uh, basically just just talk at this point. Uh, obviously, with Blake's hand injury, that's going to open him up to more criticism, and, and and more people will talk about him being potentially moved. But listen, you look at how he was playing before he got hurt. Blake was not. I wouldn't say he was an MVP, but certainly if you're talking about the top five, six, seven players in the NBA. He was among that group. And you just don't move a guy with that kind of impact uh, to a team like Denver, who, frankly, when you look at their assets, they don't have anything even remotely close to giving you equal value in return. Again, that would that would more than likely have to be a third team involved. But the Clippers, the way they've played, despite the injuries to key guys like Blake Griffin, they're still one of the better teams out west. And knowing Doc Rivers, he's, he's, he's just not going to part with that guy knowing – what kind of impact he can make in a postseason best of seven series? Uh, David Lee, absolutely traded before Thursday. Somebody take that contract, expiring contract. That's the goal. I mean, that's the goal to get him somewhere where you know he can you know get a better opportunity to play. But the challenge that the Celtics are having is finding a team that's willing to part with, with in effect, $15.5 million in assets. Mm. David Lee is still a productive player. I think he can help certain teams, but the challenge that Boston is going to have is finding a team willing to part with the kind of assets for a guy that, you know, truth be told, he's on the downside of, of his career. Uh, if they can't trade him, they'll, they'll certainly, you know, speed up the process and, and look for a buyout. Uh, I know he would want to be out before March 1st so that he can latch on with a playoff team and, and be able to participate in that. But I, I just can't see David Lee's future in Boston be, lasting much longer. Uh, but I do believe he still has enough left in the tank to help some NBA teams. I just don't think he's a good fit for what Boston is looking to do currently. All right, Sherrod. Uh, it does so. It doesn't sound like you're too. You're, it doesn't sound like you're expecting anything, anything major between now and Thursday. And and 
And I, I want it. I want to see them do something major, but it doesn't it doesn't I, seem like you're not giving me the vibe that, that they're gonna make that move that I'd want well, them to I, make. I, I would love I would love for them to do something major. I I mean <laughs> I wish the basketball gods would bless Danny Ainge and allow him to do something major. But I, at this point I, I just don't see it happening. Uh and, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that this team has succeeded at a level that there just isn't a whole lot of room to get better. Mm. And when you're trying to make yourself better, uh and you don't have a whole lot of room to work with, you got to be very particular about the type of players that you bring in. And looking at this roster now, I think it's pretty obvious. They need a go-to, high-impact, dominant, superstar-caliber player. And those guys do not – they're not made available very often. Uh, we all know that, you know, the Kevin Garnett, you know, Ray Allen, that was just great timing on the Celtics part. They were in the right place, right time, and it just worked out perfectly. Uh, but there's no guarantee you're going to get that perfect storm a uh, second go-around. And Danny Ainge, he's smart enough to know not to just make a deal for the sake of making a deal. Uh, so worst-case scenario is you stick with the group that you got who's playing really well, chemistry is at, at an all-time high, guys are starting to get healthy, and just see where the chips fall. Uh, because remember – they got a ton of picks, so it's not like they can't get appreciably better, you know, quickly through the draft or through trades. All right, Sherrod, thanks a lot. Uh, great stuff, as always, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.